You're listening to Small Business Made Simple, a podcast for small business owners and entrepreneurs. Most of our interviews aren't with professional speakers and authors. The bulk of our interviews are with hardworking business owners that are out in the community building their businesses, leading their teams, and leaving a legacy. And they want to share what they've learned with you. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the owner of One Click Agency, a website design company for small businesses, and I'm also one of the co-hosts of this show. Our goal today is to help you stand out to your customers, beat your competition, and grow your business. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Small Business Made Simple, where we take the complex theories and strategies and make them simple to understand and put into action. My name is Tim Kroll. I'm a coach, consultant, speaker, and your co-host for today, and I'm excited to jump into today's topic. Confidence. So today's topic of confidence, it's kind of one of those things that's a little bit confusing. It's a little bit vague, I guess would be the right words that we're looking at here. And I wanted to bring this up because one of the main pieces when we're looking at our team building, even within our own lives, is being able to work on your team's confidence. The individual employee that you have that's stepping in, man, sometimes they come in and they just don't have the confidence. They don't have the confidence that they need to be able to perform the job up to the expectation, expectations that you currently have. Uh, and this, this all came about because of a conversation that I had with several individuals. It wasn't just one of my coaching uh, experiences. It actually happened over a matter of two or three days. And I felt like it was important enough to be able to talk about here on the podcast. So I really want to dig in and t- take a look at this. And we're going to look at two different scenarios. And again, we're going to use generalizations on this part of it. But truly, when we're looking at this, you typically approach hiring a team member either A, as a hiring for a culture, or B, you're hiring them because of the talent that they bring to the table. Uh, And again, I'm kind of talking in absolutes here, and I know there's all kinds of gray area in between here, but just looking at these from these two perspectives to be able to define and understand what's going on, and maybe you can even relate to some of these challenges that some of the business owners were facing and struggling through when it came to dealing with their employees. So scenario that I'm talking about here is, specifically in the sales department when you're hiring up on sales. Most business owners, as they step into it, they're not typically the sales guy. Now, some are, but most aren't. And so when they step through the different phases of your business and whether you are really, really good at the production part of it or you're really good at office and you love the details of it. In fact, to be honest, this could apply to any of them. Whatever area that you're not especially talented at, you tend to hire and you tend to look more for the professional talent to bring in rather than the cultural fit. All right, so keep in mind there, we're gonna just use again the sales section of this. So when we're looking at it from this perspective, oftentimes from a sales perspective, you go out, you look for a guy that's got a huge resume, that has a great closing ratio, that has incredible experience on how to be able to talk to the clients, build relations, all these kinds of things that are included in sales. And remember, this isn't sales training, we're talking specifically as far as how do you lead this team and how do you develop the team. And so that in that situation, the, the scenario ended up being the gentleman went out, hired a great sales guy, again, years and years and years of experience. But he didn't quite understand the building relationship part of the culture. He didn't quite grasp that understanding. And so he wasn't able to incorporate with the culture. He kept going back to a lot of the old ways. The other aspect was he was bringing on another guy. And after that situation, the relationship ended, he bring, brings on another individual. And that individual is all about customer service, customer relationships but not so much about asking for the sale. See, the first guy knew how to ask for the sale. He knew how to close the deal. Second guy, not so much. Second guy lacked a lot of confidence. And so the challenge came up. This guy was definitely a fit for the culture. On the other hand, 
wasn't maybe the best as far as being able to ask for the sale. Didn't quite know how to do that. And what that translated into was a little bit of lack of confidence. And again, I can see this happening over and over again. Again, inside of the production part of it, I've hired individuals that lack a little bit of confidence, a little bit hesitant to take that step to get something completed. Same thing in the technical side, HR, you name it, you probably have seen this and you can relate in some way. And so what I wanted to do is understanding that this is the scenario. These are the challenges that we deal with as a leader. What are some key building blocks? And there's four of them. What are some key building blocks to be able to help your employees gain confidence in a way that's healthy and a way that's going to build your company and add to that bottom line? And, and I came up with these four things and as I was looking through it, they all specifically apply. So the very, very first one, and don't skip over this one because this is really, really important. Most people do. That's why I'm warning you. Don't skip over it. I'm going to pause there. The very, very first one is the why. See, a lot of people, when they get a job, the reason why they get a job is because they have a bill to pay. Or they have some other thing that's calling them and saying, hey, you've got to go to work. Whatever the scenario, whatever the situation is, if that's the only reason they're coming, now it's just a job to them. They're just punching a clock. Because they don't understand and they haven't been able to grasp, haven't matured into this mindset, that if they can truly find their purpose in life, understand their why, that gives them the reason to get up. And even when their boss yells at them or a customer screams at them or they don't hit quite that number that they expected, they're able to continue to pursue forward. Because that purpose is something, and I love the way that Deanne Turner talks about this. The purpose is something that you look at in your entire life. Something that you constantly are achieving. Constantly becoming better. Growth Mindset talks about this as well. It's growing into something that you know most likely you'll never reach perfection. I mean, shoot, none of us reach perfection. But having that onward look, that vision out there of what you want to become, that becomes the purpose. There's a great book that we talked about, and I've probably mentioned this multiple times here, but the book is The Dream Manager. Because what happens, and what I've seen so often inside of a company, is that you'll bring in an employee that has never thought beyond making $100 a week or paying their bills. They don't know how to save, they don't know how to budget, they don't understand some of the basics of life. And this has never been more true than in our society today because the new work generation that's coming up is struggling to understand how to survive, how to actually come through things. So the dream manager, I, I highly recommend that for anybody that's listening, anybody that's looking to be able to help build confidence, you can set out and you can look at and say, that dream manager will help create a better future for your employees. In addition to that, it creates a plan to be able to achieve those dreams. And the dream manager gives you a great framework to be able to put all of that in so that an individual can find their purpose, they can find their drive to show up even when they may not feel like it, even when they've had a bad day. Let's face it, how many of us have always had a bad day or have had a bad day within the last week? Not to mention yesterday, right? So the first thing is the purpose, helping your employees find their purpose, find their true drive in life, find the why, why they want to get up, why they want to come to work. And it's almost inevitably going to be not about the money, not about their pay, something that's greater, something that's a give back, something that's a legacy. So finding the purpose, that's the first building block. Second thing is setting up for wins. Now, this one can be misconstrued in many different ways. So let me explain what I'm talking about here. Well, actually, let me explain what society is talking about first. Oftentimes, when we set up for wins, this now reverts directly back to goals. 
this goes right back to what are the goals that you're trying to accomplish and most typically society defines success as did you close the job are you making a lot of money do you have a title do you have the prestige do you have the legacy do you have all of these things let me redefine it in a different way because I think too often we look at what are the results rather than what is the daily actions that we are going to be able to complete to be able to get the results. See, we skip that part. We skip the routines. We skip, we skip the habits. Because if you look at even just somebody that may be overeating, they didn't get heavy or out of shape in a day or two. It was a consistent pattern of overeating. Same thing in our lives. We didn't get into debt from one spend. It was a consistent habit of overspending. Same thing in our own businesses and whether you're hiring a sales guy or for anybody else that you're doing, you don't set that out at the very, very end and say, okay, you need to make $100,000, great. That means you need to close 60% of your job. Well, great, but then where do you actually start to build that? I mean, that's such an unattainable way out there. So setting up for wins, this is what I'm referring to. Setting up for wins is based on a daily action. So when you're looking at this, and let me just kind of break where the, the grass meets the, or the road, the rubber meets the road kind of a thing, right? So at the end of this, what we're looking at is being able to say, number one, what are the daily actions that are going to get you to your goal? And how can you set up those daily actions? So this goes back to the fact of if you're going to make a sale, that means you have to be talking to somebody. How many people do you have to talk to in order to be able to make the number that is at the goal? Now set that as your daily win. So let's say it's five people per day. You've got to visit and meet with five people per day to be able to make your sales goal. That's the win. Did you meet with five people today? Yes or no? That could be a win. People can now see that and accomplish that, even if they're not sure if they can close the deal or even talk about that. But that's the very, very first thing is to set up on your daily. So we have the purpose. We have the setting up for the wins. Number three is mindset. Now, I'm going to break a lot of things on this one because the mindset is absolutely critical when it comes to being able to understand how to shift your mindset number one and i have to credit alan langer because this was one of the things that he said and man it resonated so hard when i was going through a lot of my sales training we always talked about close percentages we always talked about how many people are you clothing in a lot of situations especially in the cultures that we're trying to build we're talking about service we're talking about meeting needs leaving an impact all of those components and yet when we at the end of the day when we talk to our sales guy we say how many people did you get how many people did you close and see how that's breaking the mindset from one of, hey, we need to be of service, we need to meet needs, we need to leave an impact, versus did you get them? And being able to, number one, set up and change the terminology from I need to get them to I need to help them. So instead of saying what is your clothing percentage, maybe what is your helping percentage? A couple different guys based on their culture, based on their core values, they've used different words like how many, people's, how many people did you meet their need this week? How many people did you leave an impact on this week? Instead of naming a close percentage, they use those words to shift the mindset away from I have to get this to how am I helping other individuals? So that's number one when it comes to mindset. Number two, where does that individual attribute their value? And again, this is a big difference between what our society is saying. The society, especially as men, we all attribute value to what we do, not to who we are. And that's a huge mind shift to go from saying I am only valuable if I produce this result to I am valuable for how I was made, for the talents, the skills that I have, that's what makes me valuable, not for that clothing percentage. So that's another mindset shift. Mindset shift. 
The last one is being proactive versus reactive. And again, our lives, many, many, many individuals as they approach and step into adulthood are reactive. Oh, I got a bill to pay. Oh, this happened. Oh, my car broke down. Well, did you change oil? No. Well, well, that's the reason why. But they're reactive rather than proactive. And taking those proactive goes back to that point number two, which is setting up for daily wins, being proactive and meeting five people per day. So these are the first three. The fourth one, and I'm going to use this word. Don't turn me off, but I'm going to use it. Act as if. Now, this is a this can be taken in a very bad way, but it can also be taken in a good way. And I believe this is talked about in Alter Ego, the Alter Ego Effect. Great book of talking about how you take on a persona for a certain time. There's a tension between growth and confidence, right? I will never, ever tell somebody to be fake, to be inauthentic. And that's one of my core values. So you can act as if, in other words, you bring on a persona to be able to step in with confidence while being authentic. But if you act as if, pretending to be somebody that you're not, that's where the challenge lies. So that tension between inauthenticity and authenticity, the challenge between, yes, I need to grow, but I also need to act like I am growing to have some of that confidence. So you still need to act as if. And whether that comes down to in the alter ego, it talks about putting on a pair of glasses. All right, now I'm in sales mode. Wearing a certain shirt, putting on a name badge, going into a certain room. I know for our kids, we do homeschooling. They do homeschooling in one specific room. Why? Because it shifts the mind from going like this is our playroom to this is our school room. We're now in a mode of learning. And your sales guys, your production guys, your office staff, all of them, as they enter into that culture, that's the shift. That's the acting like, okay, now we're going to get work done. Now we're going to learn. Now we're going to be salespeople. So they make that shift and they act as if to be able to accomplish it. Well, even if they're not confident, they can grow in that confidence. All right, so let's go through them again. Four things. Number one is the why. Understanding their purpose and we use the dream manager. Number two, setting up the daily wins. Setting them up as a way to be able to make that. Something I should note on this going back through is you need to make sure that there's an accountability feature in this. Gamify it if you have to. But there has to be something that they're held accountable to. What is that number? What is that project that they're going to get completed? Number three is mindset. And we went over three things there. Go back and listen to them again. Number four is act as if. And as you're looking at this, especially as a leader, your job is to coach these guys, coach your staff, show them how great they can be, by making them a little bit uncomfortable. Because as they're uncomfortable, that's where growth is going to happen. So these are the four things, the four key building blocks that we use to be able to build confidence in your employees and your staff. Frankly, this will work with your family. It'll work for those that you volunteer with in the community, whether you're a part of a church or another nonprofit organization. These are ways that you can help build confidence with those that are around you. And they will appreciate you even more for helping them become a better person. So until next time, make it a great day and we'll talk soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Small Business Made Simple. If you learned something insightful, actionable, or useful that you're excited to implement in your business, please leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Not only are you helping other future listeners find the show, you're giving them an opportunity to learn something valuable they can implement as well. Thanks as always for listening to the Small Business Made Simple podcast, where we believe in providing you with the tools you need to stand out to your customers, beat your competition, and grow your business.